Okay, it's Monday the 4th of May. May the 4th be with you. Star Wars Day. Well, I'm here. It's John Porter Podcast. We're talking strength, fitness, mindset and lifestyle. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking nutrition basics. So in three, two, one, we're live. So yeah, welcome to the John Porter Podcast this week. My plan for this week was to sort of run through and put together a nutrition basics sort of workshop. And in planning this, what I realised is um, even in the basic sense, nutrition is a little bit more complex than just a 30 minute time slot I put together. So we're breaking this down into two parts. So today we've got part one. Next week, we'll release part two. The, sh- the full show is sort of planned, and I think it's probably good just to break it down into two small bite-sized portions for those that are listening. So with that, and my experience of nutrition, I-, I always like to think my knowledge about nutrition is basic. Given that um, I'm a qualified uh, professional uh, personal trainer, where we, you know, you pass fitness exams to, to to work within that role. So you got nutrition exams there. And I've done additional training in regards to applied nutrition, plus hours working with clients, setting nutritional goals for myself in line with competitions. So although my knowledge, I like to say, is basic because I'm not a dietitian or nutri- nutritionist by trade, I do have experience in in talking about and delivering probably the basics and have a good understanding of those basics. Those are things that need sort of complex nutritional needs might might go to a dietitian, a a nutritionist. Those that maybe have digestive issues and stuff like that or sports specific competitions. But I always look at myself as basic knowledge for nutrition. Although that probably is a little bit more than the word basic suggests. So, so setting forward with this today's sort of podcast, we talked about last week, if we just re- reflect back, and we talked about setting goals. Now, alongside any sort of performance type goals you'd set yourselves or any personal goals, maybe you would set these nutrition goals to sort of complement any work you're doing in the gym. So on the assumption that you don't have sort of digestive problems um, and everything's functioning to the best of its, you know, abilities for your age, your sex and all the other factors that sort of come into life, let's just assume everything's tickety-boo and we're looking at setting some nutrition goals. So last week we set goals per se. So we know how to set goals. So with that, you might then set alongside that nutrition goals. But I think the best thing to do when it comes to that, again, part two will delve further into setting nutrition goals and breaking down details. But I think the first part, I think what we should do is definitely sort of just go over the ins and outs and the basics of what is, you know, what is nutrition? What is food and 
what are calories, what are the sort of the components that we break down into our nutrient groups and sort of look at those things. So if we're looking at sort of, so if we're looking at defining what good health is, it's, you know, it's to be properly working, fully optimal function and well-being, which is encouraged through consuming sort of healthy, balanced diet. So what we're saying there is what is a healthy, balanced diet? Now, through NHS sort of guidelines, what you're sort of told to take guidance from is the eat well plate. And a lot of you may be familiar with the eat well plate where you sort of section your plate off. You've got starchy foods. It recommends a third of your plate, fruit and veg. You maybe have a third of your plate, milk and dairy are small, less than a quarter, I'd say. You got the high fatty foods and sugars, which is an eighth of a plate, say. You got your meat, fish and beans, which it suggests against probably less than the, the dairy section. But that's what the sort of the eat well plate guideline for balanced diet would be. And that's in the UK, you know, through the food standards agencies. I mean, I mean if you're looking at your fruit and veg, that sort of they're going to give you good sources of your vitamins and minerals, your fibres and stuff. You start your sort of complex carbs. And then you've got your fishes, which you get to get your omega-3s and your fats. I'll more talk about that as we sort of progress on. But defining sort of a balanced sort of plate for yourself, it is, that's not really an individualised sort of case. That is just a general overview. And again... The guidelines for calories are 2,500 for men. I think it's 2,000 for ladies. That, again, it's quite a complex one because not everybody's the same size, same sort of height. I think there it's, uh, yeah. So 2,000 for ladies and 2,500 for adult males. That's not. That's only a general guideline. Um, so when you're breaking, you know, your foods down, what that suggests is that you have a lot, you sort of a, a big portion of your foods being starches and vegetables and fruits. But as we sort of progress through this and you sort of get a better understanding that you can choose for yourself rather than just going off a one, one set guideline, you can sort of put together, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't eat. Hopefully by the education process, you'll put together your own ways of eating that'll be more suitable for you not just a general overview because again like i say the nhs eat well plate and the food standards is sort of they recommend you, you base your meals on starchy foods loads of fruit and veggie from five portions a day and i'm sure you've heard that previously the five portions of fruit and veg a day a portion being i think it's 60 to 80 grams off the top of my head eating you know Fish, two portions a week, one of them being oily, cutting down on saturated fats and sugars. But again, on an individual basis, maybe that's not suited for, you know, maybe you need a little bit more sugar depending on your, your daily activity. Again, part two will delve into that. Yeah. Try and take on less salt is another one. Again, that's probably a little bit more complicated depending on how you, how high your levels of sort of exercise are. Drinking plenty of water, six to eight glasses. And again, depending on your size, for me, 
So six to eight glasses of water. I don't know what that works out is because who measures? I don't know if you've ever gone to a, a shop and bought a bottle of a plastic bottle that you're going to use for the gym and it's measured in glasses, normally measured in litres. So to get a, a, a gist of that, I know, I think it's two, two and a half litres, I think they say. But I know personally for me, it's about four litres. I can drink two, two and a half litres in a day and still be sort of quite un, unquenched, shall we say, and quite thirsty, um, even even on a good day of food. Particularly in the summer, maybe you know, maybe that's a little bit higher up than four liters in the summer. But definitely for me, I feel a lot better and a lot sort of on on about four liters spread out throughout the day. So if we look at these sort of nu the nutrient groups that are sort of based within nutrition, I'm sure you've all heard of carbs, proteins, fats. They're your nutrient groups that are called macronutrients. So the macronutrients, obviously, they're, they're your main sort of main parts of your diet that are sort of seen as the essentials. If we sort of break that down a little bit further, we're going to go into sort of, we'll go into protein first. So the eat well plate suggests you know probably if i'm putting that in a percentage 20 20 percent of your plate that's that's probably quite easy to judge but if you're looking for something a little bit more specific as we go into the details you can put yourself something together in regards to sort of an individualized plan so proteins, I mean, what they're, proteins are built from amino acids. Without going into too much detail, I do want this to be a basic podcast on, on the nutrition basics. I don't want to waffle too much. I, I am aware, sort of, might be going off a little bit. But proteins are sort of chains of amino acids. We won't go into that. You know, there's 20 of those. And, but what you need to know about proteins is what they do. So proteins, essentially, they help the body repair and maintain itself. You know, that all the cells in the body contain proteins and the amino acids that are in them proteins are highly essential because the body, you know, needs them to sort of repair them and replenish those cells and help repair and grow your body in whatever way you sort of, you need to replenish yourself. Our proteins... If you're including them in your diet, going from sort of good sources, we're going like lean meats, where you're looking at your, your chicken, your turkey. There's uh, fish, lean white fish. You can include, obviously, oily fish in that, but I'll come back to that slightly later on in the fats uh, zone. We'll call it a zone. It's like the crystal maze. Soybeans, uh, legumes and nut butters for those that are sort of on the, the plant-based diets. And we're going to cover a little bit more of that in the second part as well, sort of eating in a plant-based sort of way. Because uh, the proteins slightly differ for those that are not eating meat. But the essentials are 
your macronutrients, you got your carbs, your proteins and your fats. And starting with protein, we're looking at sort of taking on proteins in adequate amounts to help repair and replenish the cells of the body. You know, breaking it down simply. Eat clean meats, non-fatty sort of fish, eggs, soybeans, legumes, nut butters, and they're your sort of protein portions. So how much, how much do you take on board? That's always sort of a tough one, and there's never any set answer, and many people give you different sort of sources. But going off the American College of Sports Medicine, sort of the study used within my qualification, I think the sedentary sort of person, so you sat around doing nothing, you're looking at put, taking on board sort of 0.8 to 1, I'd say at maximal to 0.8 grams of protein. That's per 1 kilogram of your body weight. So say you're 100 kilograms, you're a little bit overweight and you're looking to sort of take on some proteins, increase your proteins in your diet. If you're 100 kilos, 80 grams of protein a day is what it suggests if you just sat around doing not very much. Now, if you're a recreational person, you like to go to the gym as a little bit of a hobby, you know, you might increase that from 0.8 up to maybe 1.5 grams per one kilo of your body weight. Uh, say you take on endurance trials, uh, you do a lot of running, maybe on those days or in general throughout the week, you increase that from 1.2 to 1.6. Variable, I mean, it's not... An exact, obviously each person differs. Again, that's why there's that 1.2 to 1.6 sort of guideline. Everybody's a little bit different. Adults that are sort of looking to build muscle, which is uh, quite possibly the majority of people listening. If you're looking to build muscle and you're an adult, I'll never give advice on what children should eat. They should just take on plenty of fruit and veg and um, develop good habits. But as an adult, you know, this is the advice to follow. For building muscle, you're looking at 1.5 grams to 1.7 grams per kilo of body weight. I mean, there is another way of looking at that and you just take on, it's probably an easier calculation. Depends how you weigh yourself. Uh, the other calculations are one gram of protein per one pound of body weight. Depends how you want to work it out. I think they roughly equate to the same. So that's proteins. Proteins is macronutrient. It's there. It's an essential to build cells, replenish yourself, not to be taken out of the diet. They're essential, you know, and depending on your lifestyle, depends on how many, how much you sort of consume throughout the day. Maybe I will be challenged on that at some point. But to my knowledge and to the research I've done, that's a good a good guideline to follow so if you're sedentary 0.8 grams for your recreational fitness 0.8 to one and a half endurance sort of running 1.2 to 1.6 looking to build muscle 1.5 to 1.7 quite specific numbers but i'm sure the sort of the american college of sports medicine sort of did that research you know so you go off that and that's per kilo of body weight the next macronutrient along sort of protein, and then we go on, on to carbs. 
Now everybody's heard of carbs, carbohydrates, to call them by their, their full sort of name. So they are essentially keeping it basic. Again, we could, we could delve in deeper and at a later podcast... I'm hoping to get someone a little bit more experienced to come and talk about this. This would be, you know, be interesting conversation. You can go over some different techniques and sort of manipulations through carbohydrates. But on the basic level, carbs are <clears throat> a source of energy. They convert into glucose, transport around the body, and, and that's the essentials of it. If you consume, I mean, the issue there, a lot of people sort of say, you know, cutting your carbs, you'll lose the weight you'll lose body fat but what sort of the basics of carbs are is is an energy source usually when you do that you feel a little bit crap for a few days at least but in the in the first instance taking on carbs gives your body gives your body that that energy what isn't used and what isn't stored that that is where the issues can come up with gaining body fat and that it can it can overspill and, and store as that um, subcutaneous fat. So carbs are great; they make us feel good. They're good for sort of morale boosting sort of days. If you you know that glucose hit to the brain will really sort of cheer you up. You know, without a doubt, you've all felt that. Even if it's through way of a chocolate bar, you know, or a pizza slice. You've taken on those carbohydrates and you felt instantly good. As we talked about last sort of podcast, so that 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 sort of short-term hit is never sort of as good as the long-term sort of good feeling when it comes to sort of getting yourself in shape. But in essence, carbs make you feel good. They give you energy. But over-consuming them, that's, that that's can be where the sort of problem arises. You know, it can upset your balance of blood sugars, without being too complex with it all, you know, that energy level sort of goes up, goes through your body. Anything sort of left over, it's going to store as body fat. I think that's the long and short of carbohydrates. I mean, demonised in some respects. Um, In others, you know, they are the life and soul of the party, so shall we say, you know, if you, if you cut them out, you can be, you know, you can be a little bit irritable and tired. But at the same time, if you get, as I said, if you upset the balance of the blood sugars, again, that can create irritability and, and tiredness. And you might have already, you know, experienced that if you overeat and you feel, oh, I just go to bed and have a little sleep now. So maybe you've already experienced that upsetting of the blood sugars. And, you know, so it, the advice really is to have a good balance of carbs at a basic level. A good balance of carbs alongside a good balance of protein, small amounts of fat, uh, with some fibre within that carb. So fibre is, is a type of carb. Again, keeping it basic, fibre is sort of non-digestible or small part digestible, slow digestible carbohydrate, which affects those blood sugars and energy levels a little bit less. For more information on that type of sort of carbohydrate intake that sort of affect blood sugars, if you're, if you're sort of maybe pre-diabetic or diabetic or, you know, again, without me delving into that in detail coming out of my box, you know, go and check out the glycemic index chart online. 
I think that's a you know that suggests all the different types of foods you should be sort of putting in and out of your diet. And I think that you know that's always a good place to start for anyone looking to make adjustments to their their healthy eating. Again, as with protein and carbs, they all equal the same number in calories. So for one gram of protein and one gram of carbs, that's four calories. Four calories for you calorie counters out there. In part two, obviously, we're going to look at sort of calories, break down a little bit more detail. So just for the first point, I think you should just know protein and carbs, they're four calories per one gram. Fats, and this is why a lot of people cut fats to sort of lose a little bit of weight because inevitably your calories drop quite drastically because fats have nine calories per one gram. I think that's the important point to take from this. But what I would say is when you're looking at reducing your fats from your diet is they are, you know, a good source of energy for the body still because they are calorie dense. But what they do is they help absorb vitamins uh, and and they, they transport the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E and K. And then your types of fat sort of that you might be looking at taking on are sort of the nuts and seeds. And as we spoke about, the, the pink fish, the oily fishes, which make up your omega-3s and your omega-6s, your essential fatty oils, and uh, your polyunsaturated fats. Again, further down the line, more detail. But fats, they're essential for absorbing the vitamins. Vitamins that the body can't not sort of produce, they're going to have to be taken in via the diet, A, D, E, and K, and the fats... The good fats are sort of going to help absorb those. And saturated fats, you know, that's a type of fat. that It helps enhance the immune system, it enhances the liver function, and, and could even possibly offer protection against toxic effects of alcohol and medications and stuff like that. And so that's saturated fats. And generally saturated fats are found on the animal sort of, the animal meat, the product, the fat that you sort of find on beef, etc. Uh, unsaturated fats are sort of where you're going to go into your, your nut butters and your seeds and those types of foods. When it comes to fats, the fats that we really want to be avoiding are what are called trans fats. And uh, these, these fats are sort of the man-made sort of fats that we come across in our, our diet. You know, you're looking at sort of pre-made biscuits, cakes, margarines, crackers, takeaways. Now, takeaways is a big one. I mean, the amount of calories that are consumed via a takeaway because of trans fats, I think can upset a whole week of dieting. And, and I'll tell you, that's from personal experience of trialing that. There is no doubt in my mind if you eat a Domino's, that's probably, depending on how sort of harsh you've been dieting, again, I don't like the word diet, but if you are dieting, say, shall we say, or you're nutritionally tracking, a takeaway could quite easily ruin a whole week's progress. It's all right having a cheat meal, yeah, cool. But when, you, when you're looking at ordering from these 
takeaway shops with the burgers and the greasy kebabs and the take and you know the pizzas full of cheese in my in my opinion only my opinion that can up, undo not only physiologically i think psychologically can ruin your week where it could take you a couple of days then to get back on track because your taste buds sort of they replenish every I can't remember how many days it is now but every so so, so many days your, your taste buds replenish and i think by hitting your taste buds with sugars and salts i think you can ruin your taste buds for those fairly bland flavors some of vegetables so i'm bitter i think you can sort of put yourself off psychologically and physiologically by eating takeaways and that's just my opinion on it and maybe someone will sort of correct me and i'm quite happy to listen to anyone that knows a little bit more than me anytime uh, people that know me know I'll take anything on board. You know, other things that should be avoiding pre-made pies, pasties, box meals, you know, processed food. That's where the trans fats are. These fats are the ones you want to avoid. There's not a person in the world that I think would fight the battle for trans fats saying that they, are, they have a place in your diet. I think that's the long and short of trans fats. Um, you know... They're the ones that will have the most negative effect on your health. So, you know, that's the macronutrients. So we've got proteins, we've got carbs, we've got fats. They're the ones you need to know about in the first instance. Carbohydrates, 4 calories per 1 gram. Protein, 4 calories per 1 gram. Fats, 9 calories per 1 gram. Carbohydrates giving your body energy, protein, giving your body the ability to repair itself, fats, again an energy source, but essential for absorption of sort of vitamins and minerals, which leads us on to the next and probably last section of part one, micronutrients, which are your vitamins and minerals. So as I discussed, the fat-soluble vitamins are your A, D, E and Ks. So... If you're looking at sort of getting those in your diet, you're looking at taking on grass-fed cow sort of butters, pasteurized whole eggs, liver, seafood, cod liver oil. That sort of covers you for vitamin A, vitamin D. Again, you've got your butter, your liver, probably, in fact, very similar sort of products you'd be taking on board to get vitamins D, vitamin Z, um, Again, unrefined vegetable oils. Vegetable oils, again, refined ones are, are not a good sort of fat to take on board. Whole grains, raw nuts, seeds, sort of getting your vitamin E, dark leafy greens. Great stuff. Should all be sort of getting those dark leafy greens anyway. I sometimes force myself to eat broccoli uh, for, its, for its benefits. It outweighs the fact that I hate the taste of broccoli oh god again vitamin k things like liver sort of really rich sort of organ based sort of foods whole grains dark leafy greens sort of dark stuff a d e and k you know vitamin a it stimulates the gastric sort of juices and it helps protein digestion so you know if you're into your health and fitness and you want to get those sort of combination of good training good nutrition taking on board sort of stuff that helps protein absorption is going to be you know a vital part of your nutrition bone building as well vitamin d 
you know it's needed for calcium to absorb helps bones and teeth obviously because it's helping your body absorb calcium and uh, and phosphorus vitamin e aids in the, the blood circulation it helps repairing tissue you know all these things you think God, why would i go without eating any of these things if these are the you know the values it maintains your structure of your the cells that you know that'll help your hair and your skin and you think what well, you know slows the aging process vitamin e you know i'm sure these aren't all proven by science but they're, they're there in black and white in most texts these these vitamins have a vital role yeah you know blood clotting and aid aids you know bone bone formation vitamin k you know i think when you when when a baby's born i think they get a vitamin k injection don't they i think that helps with that blood clotting and, and it helps sort of develop those bones so you think so again essential why would you not be including these types of foods in your you know the seafoods the nuts the seeds the dark leafy greens why would you not be including those and it's when you break it down you think you know wow yeah i should be putting these in my meals and these are daily you know your micronutrients need to be taken on board daily maybe you're taking multivitamin to be fair you know supplements will cover again in part two but you know there's no, a multivitamin it'll work it does or it doesn't work it, it you know maybe you're covering all your bases just in case your diet lack you know it's lax or it's one day over the other um maybe as i've heard one of the doctors on tv once say you're creating sort of valuable urine because you know but to take one is better than not to take one in my opinion a placebo it works if it works it works it doesn't matter if it's physiological or psychological if it works it works you know from that you know you've got all your other vitamins your b's vitamin c's vitamin d's i i think there's a full alphabet of vitamins you know all all of them working on you you know you're helping you keep your your nerves your skin your eye your hair your livers you know so the b complexes they prevent sort of fatigue vitamin c's are helping with your immune system you know, which is really good at this time of sort of crisis when everybody's worried about getting sick you know it, vitamins and your minerals you know you're going to be one to get in your diet of course you know and as that as the eat well plate suggested a third of your plate should should include those things you know those vegetables that include those things minerals on the other hand they, they're there for sort of bone and teeth sort of they help sort of strength of the bones and the and then the teeth and sort of body fluids and and what they do minerals what minerals do as in the context of eating healthy that what they do is they help turn the food we eat into into, into energy essentially you know they help normal regulation of the metabolic system and the nervous interactions in the body and the hormones. Again, you think, why, why would I not be taking these things on board? You know, calcium's there for bone growth. Chloride, you know, regulates the acid and alkaline balance, you know, within within the body. Magnesium's there for bone health, nerve transmission health. Phosphorus, again, for bone health. Potassium, fluid balance, and those of these that had cramp, you know, you're taking on a banana, you're looking at getting that potassium in, aren't you? 
and what that does that potassium then draws your water into the muscle cells which takes away that that feeling of cramp so you you'll have all experienced a cramp at some point and that's that lack of that mineral in your body potassium and naturally you take it on board usually people take on board with a banana Again, sodium's there for fluid balance uh, on the opposite scale to potassium. So vitamins and minerals, obviously, very essential. And, and getting them in the diet is, is getting those in, in the way of your fruits and your veg. Um, so fruit and your vegetables, you've got your, your apples, your pears, your oranges, your vitamin C there it's just sort of never ending and what you want is that variety of fruit and veg i think and a third of your plate filled with fruit and veg or well, vegetables for main meals obviously uh fruits i'd suggest without overcomplicating it fruits are there ideally for, for providing a little bit of energy and what i would also suggest is you just double check you're brushing your teeth because of that the acidity of those fruits can sort of cause a bit of damage to your teeth but other than that you've got nothing to worry about with fruit and veg high in fiber but it is essential to get those on your diet so we're looking at getting protein in to help the body's repair itself maximizing that we're taking on board micronutrients in the form of fruit and vegetables everybody will have different varieties that they like and you can just see your plate going together now maybe it's chicken breast again keeping it uh, boring broccoli you know and then you might be taking on board some carbohydrate for your your energy in the right proportions i think it's suggested that a handful is a great proportion for carbohydrates which suggests on the eat well plate we're looking at a third of the plate i would suggest maybe a handful is a little bit less than that so go with that looking at the you've looked at the glycemic index chart you know what types of carbs you should be eating you know you should be getting your vitamins and your minerals on your plate so you've got your lean meats you've got your you've got your low gi carbs on there you've got your vitamins and your minerals you've got maybe one day you've got that oily fish to get your fats in there you may be snacking on nuts because what they do as we suggested in the or as we discussed the fats help absorb that nutrition they all play a role together i mean to there are ways of manipulating food where you sort of restrict one over the other but in the in the general broad basic sense of healthy eating a good broad balance of all portions is highly beneficial and to finish off the micronutrient section i'm just going to discuss sort of like antioxidants so antioxidants like they're what they're they're there to sort of reduce the damage caused by sort of any stresses let's just keep it basic again so any stresses that are in your body whether that's a stress through an exercise through through life what they cause is sort of i think it's free radicals sort of start to play a part in your body and they start to attack your system and you may be starting to feel a little bit ill. And this is where the vitamins and minerals that come from the antioxidants, your vitamin C, so your citrus fruits, your green veg, your peppers, your colourful stuff, your tomatoes, 
egg yolks, whole grains, almonds, nuts, leafy green veggies. You, you can get, you know, these are antioxidants that will help your body sort of fight and repair itself from all this sort of damage caused through stresses. As I say, stresses come in different forms. If you've sort of listened to the health and well-being sort of podcast, we discussed that in brief as well. And But, you know, so when we're marrying health and well-being up with healthy eating, again, this balanced diet will help your body recover, repair, and be optimal against stresses of life, whether they are physiological, psychological, or, you know, it all marries together well-being, exercise, and nutrition. And I think that question asked of me, I think it's this week, you know, how does nutrition help your mental well-being? In, in regards to keeping it balanced, again, we're looking at balanced carbohydrates, so we're not keeping that, so the mood isn't going up and down. We're not, we're not, you know, again, not keep keeping it, keeping it simple. We're not affecting our mood and our energy level by taking on high levels of sugars. You know, we're keeping a nice, steady, balanced carbohydrate base. We're hitting our plate with fruit and veg, and we're letting our body absorb the nutrients. If you're taking on board enough protein, you shouldn't be hungry between meals. Another question I was asked, you know, how do I, how do I, you know, drop weight without feeling hungry? Increase your protein levels to, to the right adequate amounts. Make sure you're taking on board enough of the healthy fats to help absorb the nutrients in your body. And, you know, you should be halfway through that sort of, through that battle more detail, again, from some questions I've been asked this week about nutrition will be covered in part two. But essentially, you know, get those protein levels right. You'll feel right. Get the carb levels right, the right type of carbs. Keep the energy and the mood steady. Get your fats absorbing all them nutrients. And take on board your antioxidants. And in reality, you know, well... It is reality, but in reality, I, I do believe that everybody knows what good foods are, what bad foods are, you know, or, or your life at some point. Somebody will have said to you, you know, you've got to eat your veg, you've got to eat your greens. And my son, he's done a little questionnaire as part of his schoolwork they've sent home in regards to sort of some nutrition. Just dig that out and I'll show you the type of... So, the types of things his, his school are trying to teach him, you know, who did the British Found Nutrition Foundation question about the, where food comes from? They've sort of sent him a little bit of a case study to read through, and he's got questions. You know, what what cheese what cheese is made from buffalo's milk? Do you want to know the answers to this, or do you want to know do the quiz yourself? No. So that's that's I think that's mozzarella he's wrote there. And then he's answered questions about tomatoes, pastas. You know, schools do schools are doing their their bit. And parents always do their bit. and it, But again, when it comes to children's health, adults lead by the example. Children will always follow behind. And that, and that probably came the same for you growing up. You know, you know what the good foods are. You know what the bad foods are. You probably choose to eat them some days, choose not to eat them other days. And I think mindful eating can be beneficial in that sort of you can be a little if you can slow down and process what you're eating and just say well you know why am i eating this why what how does that make me feel i feel bloated from this maybe i should start to reduce these types of foods 
you know yourself how you feel when you eat foods but mindful eating you've got to slow down enough to process that sort of information so i think everybody knows although i've just give you the basics i think of what good nutrition is we've gone through the, the macronutrients and the micronutrients and in part two we're going to break down you know further if you want a more specified sort of option for eating for yourself plus i've got some questions to go through and some some common questions that i've been asked that i'm going to address plus uh, my opinion on some supplements over some others and again as i said at the beginning i wanted to talk about nutrition basics and we're at 40 minute mark of this podcast and i only put aside normally 30 minutes and i've got a second section to this so if you're thinking about you know all these people out there that are wanting to start changing their lives and eating healthy if i tried to put together the basics and i had to sort of double up on what i would normally do if you can imagine sort of somebody coming into this world and trying to start changing their life and eating healthy if the basics are complex to this point and the basics are sort of long-winded you can probably see why some people sort of lose faith in it pretty quickly because there's a lot to understand in nutrition i I far from understand it all again i think i've got a good grasp of the basics i get i'll always call myself basic when it comes to nutritional knowledge there are people out there again that specialize in working it and those that need additional help will go to those people But if you can see, I'm at a sort of a beginning section and I've still probably got another half an hour, 40 minutes of content to deliver on the basics of nutrition, which is why, again, I want to break it down into two sections. If this is complex, you know, when people come to changing their life or, you know, in using food as that sort of mode of sort of behavior change, it can get get pretty sort of complex pretty quick especially when you've got a lot of sort of people telling you different things from different directions so i'm going to give you one tip before we finish off today again so yeah my number one tip to to go away with if you're going to take on board information about nutrition listen to one principle go with one method you know, there's many other methods and we'll just cover them in brief in part two. But pick one method, go down with that method, absorb that method. Don't then have people telling you, you should try this, you should try that. It just becomes very confusing and sort of fuzzy in the brain. So what you want to do is just take on board one method and go with that method. So that's the take on for today. Pick one, stick to it. It'll work for you if you want it to. Okay, this is John Porter Podcast. Part two of the Nutrition Basics coming up next week. I'll see you all soon. This has been the John Potter Podcast, episode four. Nutrition Basics, part one. We'll see you again next week for part two.